Welcome to episode three of the Outer Rim Job. On today's episode, we are just going to be doing two different segments. We're going to be going to Dodonna Schoolhouse where we're going to talk about uh, Akbar token fucking lists. And we're going to give you counters to it, list archetypes, opinions. We're going to run through the whole gamut with that. And then we're going to go to uh, How My Rim Tastes. We're going to talk about all the Wave 7 stuff we've been testing out lately and Give it a try with that's going to be Radis, Thrawn, all the upgrades, stuff like that, gameplay, and how it mixes with all the stuff that came before, and possibly ideas for the future. Um, today's episode, it's just the four of us uh, myself, Tristan, uh, Matt, and Brian. Dane Nasty's not here. He went on a Twi'lek pleasure cruise and he got a little too deep in the spice. He got real deep in the spice. It was caked on his face like a kid that's been fucking. Sucking down popsicles for <laughs> all day long. That neighbor kid everybody knows. He's actually in uh, rehab on Coruscant. Right? Yeah, he's on rehab on Coruscant because Ryloth took him. He was, <laughs> he was lost. He was on this Twilight Pleasure Cruise. And so he's not going to be with us tonight. Uh, and then also before we get going here, I want to plug a buddy of mine, Brendan. Uh, he's a fellow veteran, even though he's a Canadian veteran. So I don't even know what that means. But he's a veteran nonetheless. And uh, he's got his podcast, it's Galactic Conflict. Go check it out. He's doing really good stuff there. Um, yeah, so let's get moving here. And now we're going to go over to Dodonna's Schoolhouse and get into it. You're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. A small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate Princess Leia. All right, welcome into the schoolhouse. Uh, and we are up against talking about Akbar and token fucking lists. Now we put the token fucking lists together with Akbar because that's what you see a lot on the rebel side. That's what they're running. It's Akbar. He'll be on one big boat. We call it a death pickle. A Doom Pickle, and um, it's a fully kitted out MC-80 Assault with like reinforced blast doors, ECM. Nowadays, I think you're going to see more e early warning system instead yeah. of re reinforced blast doors. Um, and they're going to have at least five activations, if not more, because they want to gain tokens during the sensor net, fire lanes, and advanced gunnery. Now, those are the three... Different objectives you're going to see. Advanced gunnery has nothing to do with token fucking, but it's a, such an awful choice for you when you go against an MC-80 uh, assault, especially if they have Intel Officer and XI-7 on there. And Defiance. And Defiance. You're, an ISD dies in two rounds because it's just at the end and then the next round. It's If it's still alive, it's probably Mahdi and it's on fire and it's, it's not going to do a whole lot. And then the other activations are there for... Um, the sensor net mainly, because every time you activate, do we have sensor net pulled up by the way to talk about what? Oh, pull it up. So if you want to pull it up while I'm uh, <clears throat> talking about it, so so while you're activating different ships, they pull a sensor net token, and that sensor net token moves at distance one to two. It's either at or within. I can't remember. 
It's a app, so I think you can get yeah. the full extra little couple millimeters of space. Yeah. yeah. So it's at distance one to two. If you're the second player grabbing the token, if you're the first player grabbing the token, it's at distance one to four, and it is moved by your opponent. Now, a key component to the token fucking lists are VCXs, which is the rebel strategic, and they can grab those tokens and bring them back in. And what you double down with as Rebels is you also take FCT, which is Fighter Coordination Team, on your MC-80, which allows you to drag up to your squadron value of squadrons within distance. I think it's within or at. It's, yeah, for uh, FCT, it's one. You get basically one extra. Yeah, but is it within well, one or at one? No, so for FCT, it's within your command range. And you get to move them basically distance one as if they had a free one speed. Yeah. If they're unengaged. Got it. Yep. Yes. Okay. That's what I mean. So, and then you can, that is technically a move on the VCX's part. So it can then, <laughs> this is going to be happening a lot this episode. <laughs> it's, it'll, <laughs> it'll, um, it can technically move. So therefore any tokens, sensor net tokens in range of it get to then be dragged again. So it almost gets like two moves out of it. So that's a big part of the list. And the whole list is about going second, hence Defiance. Now the Defiance title on the MC-80 Assault means when you fire at a ship that is already activated, you can add one die of any color you choose. It does not need to be a part of your battery. So especially if you're Akbar and you're shooting at long range and you got leading shots, you will Defiance a blue so you can reroll all those reds. If they're already in blue range, you're going to Defiance a black because it, it hits harder, and especially if you have a concentrated fire tooled up, you can then add another black, which is not even a part of your, your initial battery. So that's six reds, two blues, and two blacks. That's nasty. That's, that's, <laughs> now, that's nasty. <laughs> so, and then with rerolls and Intel Officer and XI-7, I mean, that's just, that's a lot of dice and a lot of uh, punching power against especially big ships. So, back to an, uh, an example of an Akbar token fucking list. I'll give you one that I've been, I ran, I was running it for a long time. Uh, just this past season, I started doing Imperials and I hadn't. But last year at Gen Con, where I placed sixth or fifth? Was I fifth or sixth? I think it was sixth because I was tied. There was like a three way tie for fourth, and I had the least amount of MOV. You're talking about those last time we went? Last Gen Con. I think you were sixth. I think sixth, because I was... Seven. But I was tied. There was a three-way tie for fourth, and I had the least MOV of the three tied at fourth. Yeah. Top so, ten, top five, anyway. Yeah. So I did well. <laughs> <laughs> so my list then was three transports, regular medium. Um, one had Comsnet and Leia. I think I had Bright Hope on one. I'm pulling this up from memory. I'm not looking at my list in front of me right now. I had the MC-80 Doom Pickle, which was, you know, at the time, reinforced blast doors, electronic countermeasures, XI-7s, uh, Intel Officer, and Fighter Coordination Teams instead of Engine Techs. Because my fighter complement was three VCXs and three Hawks. You know what? I think Torrenfire was in there, too. I think Torrenfire was on transport. And then I had two... Torpedo boats, and both with just external the racks. Hammerheads. Yeah, the hammerheads. Yeah. Two of the external racks. So I had six activations. Yes, six activations, 
And the whole point of that was to go second. I had like a five-point bid maybe, something like that, was to just try to keep going second and make them choose my objectives because the objectives are sensor net, fire lanes, and advanced gunnery. None of them are good to choose against. Um, and so that's an example of a list that is purely Akbar token fucking. Now there's other guys out there that do different stuff. Um, some people go with like five transports and the MC-80 Defiance. Yeah. Um, I've ran it before with three transports, Defiance, and a CR-90A. Um, and this is all with Akbar. Um, I don't know. Are there any other sort of like archetypes with that specific? It's it's mainly your Death Pickle, three plus transports, and a maybe one or two other small ships, depending on what your points are at. Yeah. But the the main essence is getting to about six activations with the Death Pickle, and then the best commander for that is going to be Akbar, just so that you can spit long range and make advanced gunnery not worth taking. Yeah. So the way it works, and the way I would run SensorNet is. I would set up in a very specific formation with my six activations to where I would have, I believe it was five of those tokens in round one. And they're worth 15 points a piece. 15 points a piece. So what's yep. the math there? A lot. <laughs> so what's the math? I don't even know. 75 points. Yeah. So I'm getting 75 points in round one. Yeah. So and then I'm going to continue to do it as the rounds go on if you don't stop me. And by stopping me, you have to come at me which is exactly what I want. I think the misconception with a lot of these token fucking lists is that they don't want to fight. They just want to play their objectives. That's not true. I want to fight very badly. I just want you to come at me and fight me on my on my ground. Yep. I don't want to have to go to you to fight you in your area. And, you know, especially if I'm going second, those six activations are really almost like seven if I'm matched on activations. I will always go last with an MC-80 unless you have seven plus activations. And then... You don't see that a whole lot. I don't think I've ever seen seven. I don't think so either. Let alone seven. You might see it now with Strategic <laughs> Advisor. Yeah. Because now it's possible. But yeah, before that, you weren't seeing it a whole lot, if, if ever. <clears throat> so that's the that's the main basic of it. Oh, and we should probably talk about Fire Lanes with that too. So Fire Lanes is the three tokens. And on my first activation, I would send the three VCXs out, grab the Fire Lanes, and then as I moved the MC-80, the FCT would then drag the VCXs back in closer to me, also bringing the tokens back in. So at the end of turn one, the tokens are all completely on my side of the board and you're racing after me. If, especially if you had no lambdas or anything yourself to go yeah. first with the grab stuff or VCXs. Yeah, and like with that one too, it's kind of cool because if, <clears throat> if you get too close playing someone who's second player with fire lanes... They'll just throw the fire lanes under your ship, yep. and they'll get the points anyways. Under your ships or your squads, because yeah, squads if your squads too. or ships overlap the token, your opponent gets those. And I would definitely, I definitely did that in one game where somebody yeah. came crashing in. I just started moving them underneath because the three hawks then free me up to keep my guys moving. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, uh, the three hawks and the three VCX is not that bad of a fighter complement. No. They're not great, but they have enough hull and flexibility. And the VCX are throwing three blue dice, and I think the Hawks are throwing three blues as well. Two. 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 But, but counter two. Oh, yeah, that yeah. two. Yep. And with Torrin Far, which I had in there, mm -hmm. I mean, you could take on a you can you could take on a lot of lists that are fighter heavy and win that fight. If you take Jan Ors. And Jan Ors even, yeah, you maximizes know, that even more. Brace it down, keep everything living a little longer. I mean. You'd have to redo the list some, but yeah, it's it's definitely doable. Um, 
Look, there's other things you could always add to make it good. Yeah, absolutely. So those are, it's almost deceptive how good that yep. fighter wing is. And I've had people really smash themselves against it and realize, oh shit, like I'm actually losing this fight yeah. right now. Yeah. At uh, Gen Con, round four, I played Jeff Burling, and he had a token fucking Akbar list. He had um, four VCXs, and I saw like on the forums, people were like, four VCXs, why would you take that? I had uh, five defenders, and his VCXs outlived my defenders. <laughs> <laughs> so, we well, had eight hull, and they're shooting yeah, three blues. It's not like they're shooting yeah, nothing yeah. back at you either. But he had uh, he had Janors, I believe. Yeah, he did, and uh, and Shara. Yeah, and Shara. So I mean, yeah. there was a little more to it, but even then, um, with all those defenders, I mean, they're six hole and they hit a lot. You know, they hit harder. It just it was it was not a good game for me. <laughs> <laughs> Most people find when they play Jeff, it's not a good game yes. for them. He's one of those savants of the community. If you don't know him, that um, I don't know if it matters what he brings. He's just always great at it. But, um, so anyways, so that's an example of an Akbar token fucking list. And we're actually going to, as we go on, we're going to talk about just regular Akbar lists too. So I will turn it over to my compatriots here as in, what do you find works best against it or doesn't? Or if there is no way to counter this? So I've played against a couple of different variants. I've played against a couple of Imperial variants, uh, which we may touch on a little bit as being not quite as good as the Rebel version, um, but also a couple of Rebel variants as well. Um, the key point is, if you can go first, well, then you're playing their second objective. The option is, if you can choose to go second, and it's obvious it's a token fucking list, you take going second because... That way you can hamper their ability to focus on their objectives. Absolutely. And it makes their life difficult. But that's not always perfect. So what do you do when you have to choose from one of their objectives? Or you, let's say you're running Demo or uh, BT Avenger and you really, really, really still want to go first. Advanced Gunnery is a trap because the Defiance is just going to wreck you. Yep. Fire lanes, unless you have a couple Lambdas or a couple VCXs yourself, you're not going to be able to do anything with. Where I've had success is I've gone up against SensorNet. And even without any strategic, the best way to deal with that is at every opportunity when tokens have to move and you get to choose where to put them, you're moving them to the back of the formation, to the back line, putting them far away and spreading them out as much as possible because then that forces the... Defi uh, the uh, VCXs. The, yep, the VCXs to backtrack... And now you're looking at putting them out of FCT range or forcing extra squadron commands or putting them in a position where now you can jump a single VCX or two by themselves and start whittling them away and so forth. The other thing you can do, particularly if you're running a small MSU variant yourself, so if you've got five or six activations yourself, you can sometimes outrun the token fucking list. In essence... They have to, you get the opportunity to move tokens as well. And if you're putting tokens out of play and forcing them into positions where it's becoming difficult to control, if you have enough activations yourself, you can start picking up tokens. You're probably still going to lose the token battle anyway, but if you can at least keep it close, now you have the opportunity to punch face if that's what your list is designed to do. Um, where I had success a season or two ago was an Imperial MSU list was Demo, three Architons, and a couple, uh, a Raider and a, um, a Gonzadi. 
and I was able to force the token battle to be pretty much a stalemate and go ahead and then do enough damage with my other ships to take down a couple of the other side, at which case then that puts me over the top at that point. So it's if you've got the choice between the three of them, generally speaking, you're probably your best bet is to go for SensorNet. That's not a guarantee you're going to be able to win it, but SensorNet at least gives you the most opportunity, I think, to at least <clears throat> hamper the token, token, yeah, token fucking list's ability to fuck with the tokens. Yeah, and I will say to that, too, <clears throat> so Tristan found best uh, results with SensorNet, fighting against it. If you're going up against a skilled player that is set it up and knows how to do it, I will make your sensor net tokens work against you. I will make them, because I move them one to four, yep. and I'll put them where I'm heading, and I will get them. That's a big part of this list, is actually taking your opponent's sensor nets and moving them towards you. So that is the correct thing to do, is to start yep. moving the sensor net tokens to the back edge of the board and away from the fleet, the direction it's going, because uh, most rebel fleets, especially an Akbar fleet, is moving lateral across the board. Do you still have SensorNet up? Yeah. Check real quick, because I'm curious. I, I never did this, but I just thought of this. As you mentioned, you're, you're still in the, the other side's lists, mm -hmm. or excuse me, uh, other side's tokens. Can you just choose not to grab no. your own token? It's must. Okay. Yeah. I know that for sure, because I've been asked yeah, that before. It says, <laughs> it, it gains a victory token. Like, it just happens. So I, I've been asked that because they didn't want to grab them yeah. because they saw what I was doing, and I'm like, no, you have to do it. If you're in range and you activate, you have to take the token. So I would then fling them one to four to where I'm heading, yep. and I would just fly into them, and there's more tokens that I kind of like trickle down as I'm flying lateral across the board. Or, well, you don't fly lateral the whole time. You start to turn up, yep. but hopefully you've turned up as they're turning still into your side. They're not... As I make hand gestures that nobody no, can like, see. That was not because you said turn up. <laughs> oh, turn up, yeah. Turn up. <laughs> I'm also looking at these guys making a bunch of hand gestures that nobody can fucking see right now as we talk. So <clears throat> just think about it as an Akbar fleet moving lateral across the board and then eventually starting to turn north-south because you can't go lateral forever. You just, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I know we're typically talking about counters right now, but um, if you're going to play this... and. It's not necessarily just for like playing these types of lists. In Armada in general, I think a good point to make is, um, specifically with the tokens, Bill's talking about putting them where he's going to be. Always plan ahead and look where you're going. Yep. Don't, don't plan for where you're at, because everything moves every round, and I feel like that's kind of a newbie mistake. Yeah. And it's something that I, it took me a little while to like really envision where the board's going to be in a turn or two, yeah. versus moving to attack things where they're at. You know, and you, that, got, you have yeah. to lead your shots. Yes. Yeah. So a good plan you should have, I think Desar Armada players think at least three turns ahead. You should think be thinking three turns ahead. Now, once it gets to turn four or five, that's really hard to do when you start to bang it. But the first three turns of the game should be generally pretty easy for you to plan out. You should know what your fleet's going to look like and where it's going to be in three turns. After that, things start getting muddled and you're banging and it's really hard to do. But the best you can, as best you can, plan as far, as many turns ahead as you can. Try to get a plan for where and when the engagement's going to happen. Yeah, that's the biggest part. Yeah. Generally speaking, you're not going to see it 
turn two. There's some cases you are with both sides going speed three, speed four, it happens. Realistically, you're looking turn three, turn four. You got to see where things are going to be then because that's where all your <coughs> commands are going to suddenly matter. Activation order is going to matter. All the rest of that's going to matter. But you, you've got to think about where that's going to be. And then once that happens, then, you know, no plan survives contact with the enemy. So specifically with SensorNet, make sure you're putting your tokens where you're going to be, not where you're at. Because otherwise with your whatever your strategic ships are that you're going to be playing catch up and then by turn three or four you might not even be able to get anything that turn yeah. you know you might have mm -hmm. to wait till the next turn till you can do two activations with a ship to pull your tokens up and if you're yeah. playing against it accept the fact that you're going to lose your tokens <clears throat> and accept that and just play denial at that point you're not trying to so after the first couple tokens you get Unless you, you have enough ships to and enough speed to be uh, uh, being in a position to threaten where the tokens are, uh, realistically, you're going to get a couple points, they're going to get a bajillion, but the key is to try to keep them from running up the score to get out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to catch them, you better catch them. And if you're not, you should not have chose those objectives. Yep. And this is, I think, where I'm going to differ from, it seems like, the majority of your consensus if I'm going against this, I'm going to do something kind of like what you did against uh, Biggs in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Whose name's uh, Bill. Bill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't see you pointing. Yeah, they can't see you pointing, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go and I would, I would take the advanced gunnery. That way you can't use your those tokens against me. And I'll go ahead, I'll stick the advanced gunnery on a transport. You kill that transport, you get double the points. But I don't, I don't care about that. You get an extra 23 points. So I know what you're talking about there, but you got a little flip. So when I played Matt Kelsey, who was Biggs, he he chose my advanced gun. Well, I chose to go second. Yeah. So he's the one that did that. And that, that, was that, that That's where I got the but, idea but, from, though. Yes, but the game, the two games before that, you're, that's where you're thinking of. The two games before yeah. that, I chose their advanced gunnery. Because I knew I could destroy their advanced gunnery ship and get double points. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. But that's I'm just correcting yeah. the situation. I, 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 that's yeah. not what happened. That's it was the two games I played before where I chose their advanced gunnery. It was gunner. it was that scenario, yeah. Yes. Uh, and and it does make a lot of sense if you have a ship, particularly BT Avenger, that can punch face, that might make the most sense in the world. You said you know, you give the your advanced gunnery to some random thing to protect the points, and then use BT Avenger to smash the face into defiance. And if they, in defense of that, choose one of their transports or CR-90 or something, you just go smash their face in at that point. So, it, it, quite honestly, it, it sounds like a, a pretty solid choice if you've got the, uh, a ship that can do enough damage and also weather the damage. That's the, that's the big thing, but it's, it's also a Doom Pickle. Yeah. It's going speed two at the most, and yep. it's not turning very fast, so you should be able to plan where it's going to be a couple yep. turns out. So you should be able to hopefully arc dodge... That yes. scary broadside. Just stay out of that broadside if you're going to pick that for sure. The thing is with the MC-80, though, it's very easy to keep that broadside yeah. pointed to where you need it to go. Yeah. And I know you're saying, like, the Doom Pickle, you can tell where it's going, but they can be very deceptive, especially when there's engine techs on that bitch. And yeah. I, that's how I ran them for a long time before, I mean, before, the, before the token fucking thing came along where I started doing that. I ran... MC80 with engine tech, and I would dance around the board with that thing. I still can't forgive you over your Medine <laughs> death pickle. <laughs> Two double arcs at close range. Fucker. Yeah, so in our, in our first Corellian conflict that we did, 
I was the team captain for our side, and oh, Chris was the team captain mm-hmm. for your side, wasn't he? And we were rebels, and um, it was like a pivotal game early on. And I chose Maydean, and I had an MC80 with Maydean because, I mean, that thing's doing handbrakes all over yeah. the board. It's actually really cool. Um, and Tristan had me, and I hummed and hawed for like 15 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out the move. And I just said, "Fuck it!" I did double click at one, double click at two, and it danced me right out. It totally, after that, it snowballed pretty good. We ended up smashing them. I said, retired the fleet after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a good example of a uh, MC80 being able to dance around the board. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, thank you for reminding me of that. Hey, I hey, forgot how much I enjoyed hey, that. It, it, it sucked, but damn if that wasn't one of the best games of Armada I ever played. So. Yeah, that was a good one. That was good times. So, all right, so that's an idea of how to attack. Do, we, do you guys want to talk about how to attack these lists? or? Well, I think, I think we've kind of conveyed you how to play it. Yeah. Is there, give me, do you guys got another example of how to attack this? Um, the thing that I just have in mind is there's two sort of like weak points in this list is that for the objectives, it's very fighter focused. Yeah. So if you can tie up the VCXs, that's huge. They're not yes. going to be able to finagle the tokens to get those points. Um, the other thing that's sort of a weak spot is that it only has one really combat ship. Yep. Is the MC- For a lot of guys, yeah. Um, you know, and granted, I mean, you can lose that MC-80 and with your transport still get enough objective points to cover the loss and end up on top. But, but only like a 6-5. That's, that's a 200-point swing. Right it's going to be hard. Yeah, my my MC eighty uh, Battlestar Akbar was like one hundred ninety two points yeah, or something. So if you can focus, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, on the MC eighty and kill it. I mean, that's probably what you got to do to beat this list. If you can do that and tie up the squads, if you can manage to do both, I don't think you'll lose to it. You know, tall order, but it's it's it's. I'm I'm curious to see how Sloan's done against. It. I I personally haven't seen it. I feel like it kind of. Faded away, I, you don't you don't see it as much. Yeah, and I I mean, granted, I'm only speaking in our local meta. And yeah, we've been doing a lot of campaign games and kind of just dicking around because <clears throat> our regionals happened was like one of the first ones. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, even at regionals, most people took Sloan or BT Avenger. I didn't. I don't think I saw any Akbar lists. And and usually you're seeing because I'm normally the one that brings it. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I went a different route. Yeah, and then we, you know, at, at ours we mainly saw as far as the rebels doing high end was the good old yeah, Haven your Yervares list. Right. Even though there was only three there. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It has been. I've been seeing it on the forums. It's cropping up a little bit. The the Akbar. Well, I know Luke uh, Keenly out in Australia. He won yeah. their. Yeah. Was it their national or their regional? I think it was just like a regional. I think they were doing a regional, and he won it with the re- what I find to be what I think is the ridiculous one, where it's like five transports yeah. Yeah. and one MC eighty. That one almost feels a little too silly to me. Like that's just like so much. That's so fucking cheesy and like. <sighs> I'm not going to hate on anybody for running, but man, I, I feel a little dirty afterwards. So, if you've been listening to us and you've been following along, like we talk a lot about berating people that bring the GHR. So if you have more than two transports, we also ridicule yeah. <laughs> More so, and more of your soul dies and more transports. You add you more and more transports. You can kind of stomach three, but beyond that, you're just. So, I don't own more than three. I. I will run four. Yeah, Brian doesn't give a shit. Brian absolutely runs four. I will run four. Uh, I bought a third so I could get away with having a freaking Avenger 
death triangle to make that work. <laughs> and damn it, it was worth it! That's <laughs> funny, as you guys can't see it, but as Tristan says this, he's like like rubbing his face. You can see he's like physically in pain as he says it. <laughs> <laughs> but he clearly doesn't like that he's doing this, but yeah, you gotta, gotta get that money, homie. Yeah, wasn't there like the dude from Germany that had like 13 Ghazanis? <laughs> yes, and he was at the first Worlds I went yeah. to, Worlds 2016. That fucker was there. He didn't win anything with it, really. I think he placed pretty high. And I, I know that his brag was he's never, ever lost with the list. But I'm like, have you ever really won with it? Well, <laughs> yeah. he, he won German Nationals with it, so that's yeah. something, I guess. But That's crazy. Who knows what the fuck those crowds are doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what lists look like out there. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw that thing. I saw it in action, and it was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what are you kidding? But that was cool. I mean, it was actually like a kitschy thing, and I didn't have to play against it, which was also yeah. great. So, I mean, yeah, I could see you never losing with that list. Like, you, you can never kill all those transports. It's impossible. No. Well, it'd be interesting to see now because you got stuff like the Moon and stuff that can one-shot multiple transports at long range. Yeah. All of a sudden... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you got two Moons killing four transports a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two Moons with Vader is well, it would need to be. It would need to be Vader, yeah, because you'd need the rerolls just to try to do it, and something that got you an accuracy. So H nine yeah. spinal simons, yeah. and yeah, you would you'd smoke. And if they got advanced, they got gunnery teams just smoking four transports a turn. <laughs> we had be pretty fucking cool. We deviated really hard. Oh wow! Yeah, we, yeah, we just <laughs> took a fucking tangent. It was a hard tangent. Sorry, guys. We, just, we took a hard left turn. Uh, let's see. Let's let's fucking Reel it in. let's hand break it. Let's three sixty back around. Well, let's we get back to what we've been talking we about. Had we been... took JJ and this, yep. this for this, uh, <laughs> this podcast. So we can just reel it back around. Yeah. Who took the shield damage, though? <laughs> yeah. You, t- you always Dane, take it off the Dane, rear. Dane, take it off that's the right. Yeah, Dane's, <laughs> <took it. laughs> Dane's in a fucking rehab right now. <laughs> can't even. So we've talked a lot about Akbar and the, the Rebel token fucking list. And I made mention of the Imperial version not being so well. I've not run it, but I know both Matt and Brian have run variants. So at least we should bring up the the what some of the Imperial versions look like, as well as perhaps why they're not necessarily as uh, well suited for it. Go ahead, Matt. Tell us about Ohio Regional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took this through the Ohio Regional. It was uh, two victories, an interdictor. I had two transport. I had two lambdas, I think, and two jump masters. And upon uh, the uh, the after actions, I had a problem in the list. It was probably the the interdictor. I was trying to be cute and move terrain around and like try and block everybody, but it ended up not working out. Especially now, I'd almost want to go back to it and do like a three Vic list and do seventh fleet. I think it, there might be something there to play around with, but overall, you just it doesn't play that it doesn't play the same as the rebels do. Because the rebels, excuse me, because the rebels want to go lateral across yeah. the board, yeah. not Be, vertical. Being That's, able to sideswipe yeah. your opponent while moving the lists is better for this archetype than diving at your opponent, which is what Imperials do. Because you want to try to delay the activation, or the, the con- uh, contact as long as you can. And it yeah. doesn't work with Architons. No. They don't no. have... They're, they're too expensive, 
don't have the tankiness that allows them to survive in a van. They don't have the maneuver capability yep. either. You have to and run JJ at that Unless you take the, the, the upgraded version, they're really not going to be able to activate anybody. But you're, you're, yeah. you're, pointing, you're, you're pushing all the way up to 70 points at that point. Because yeah. the, the upgraded version of the Architons, I believe, is 59. Um, but at that point, if you're like slapping engine tax or FCT on it, plus a turbo laser upgrade or a defensive upgrade, you're pushing 60, 70 points. And those things don't have a brace, and they, they're they good ships. They can supplement things. Generally, they're not going to be able to do well as the core base of a fleet. So, you found running a token fucking imperialist did not go well. No. Now, I have heard, not, I, I personally heard of imperial token fucking lists that have done well. But I feel like maybe they didn't go against rebel lists that have VCXs or something like that. Like it's I kind of think some of those lists though too were actually more along the lines of a Doom Pickle where it's a single ISD yeah. and they have like three or four transports. Mm -hmm. So that could be something to do with it too. The fact that they're just able to play that game a little bit better with a single ISD and then like JJ. I just feel like there's better objectives to pick for Imperials. That too. Than, than trying to do a token fucking list, you know. Because you ran an Imperial token fucking before that. Yeah, right? and like, it did okay. You know, it, it was a long time ago. I honestly don't even really remember doing it. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I know where it was. It was at the Fun for All mm -hmm. tournament, right? Yeah. So I, I ended up playing Tristan in the last round, and he ended up beating me because we did um, Sensor Net. He had like an MSU list. I had, I think, an ISD. Four activations. Yeah. Did I have a quasar? Uh, no, this is pre quasar, I believe. Was it okay? So this, see, this is a while I don't ago. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I had like lambdas or whatever. I was able to finagle some some token shenanigans. But he, with his MSU and all the ships he had, all the opportunities to grab uh, tokens, it ended up just kind of breaking even. And then for all the shots I was yeah. taking, it, it whittled me down pretty good. So. You know, I mean, second wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were only six of us there anyway. Yeah. And we're talking about FCT, which is, for some people, a big part of this list. You don't necessarily need it, but FCT is, helps a lot, and it's huge. The Rebels have better ships for FCT, yeah. which is Fighter Coordination Team. Um, for the Imperials, you can put it on, like, a, uh, you can put it on a dick. I'll put it on an addictor. Upgrade the, the uh, higher version of the Architans and a Glad. Yeah. And that's still just not there. The squadron value of a, a dick is two. You can't yeah. put it like on an ISD All, or uh, the quasar would be your best bet, probably. Can they take a? Support? No, they can't. They can't. Oh, they don't yeah, have this right. So you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're thinking of the um, the title. The title. I was thinking, yeah. So the, okay, so there's an example. I guess that yeah. title could do it. Yeah. Maybe. I, I doubt it would be that great, but maybe we can revisit that. Yeah. And see how that works. We can take it. a look at it, but it's just—it's still not going to be as good as how the rebels can do it. It's just—it's just not. Just the way they fly, it's not going to work as well. And a hard counter to to it is, is go back to that earlier is if you have strategic of your own and you choose first player, the best thing to choose against them is their fire lanes. Yes, steal the tokens because especially if you have two sort of strategics, either a lambda or a VCX. With the way you can move fire lanes is they got to be placed beyond distance four of your edge if you're the second player. And then the first player gets to move them within distance one to two. So they just drag them 
essentially at distance six away from you, and in the first activation, a VCX or Lambda can reach out there and grab those tokens right away and get them back. Yep. So that's that's a Achille, that's a big Achilles heel of this list is fire lanes. Fire lanes will turn against you very quickly. So the way to fight that that I found, being the second player, is you have to spread those fire lanes tokens as far across the board as possible. Because normally I put all three on top of each other in one spot. Yep. So one in the middle and two on the very furthest edge, one on each furthest edge of the board as possible, and then try to get them to split their fleet up. And you just kind of commit to one. And then it could be it can be a crapshoot from there how that goes, but that's the best way you can counter that if you're the second player and if you're the first player, grab at least two of their tokens. Yep. And then they're they're behind the eight ball big time. So, um, and there's ways that first player like they Riken uh, the Gallenhaven Yavaris list will fuck your sensor nets. Yep. Uh, with their two VCXs because they can start stealing your. Um, with FCT, Yavaris, and Flight Commander, which Flight Commander lets you activate your squadrons after you move, they can grab, if you put them too close together, they can grab both of your sensor nets right in the first turn, but or they can grab it, they can always grab at least one. And that starts working against you too. Yeah. But that's against a pretty high-level player that has practiced that. Most people don't know how to do that, or they're not going to approach it that way. Well, that's one of the reasons why you tend not to see a whole bunch of token-fucking lists. Because there's a lot more fine tune. It's easy to fuck up. Yes. Yeah, it's not, it's not a plug and play thing. I'm telling you that right now. Like, it is not plug and play. It took me a while like, just to set up my formations to make sure I maximized in turn one how many tokens yeah. I got. And then I had my turn two plan and turn three plan. And I had it mapped out to where if you didn't stop me in some way, by the end of turn three, I had like 150 some odd yeah. points. I think it's really easy to get distracted in turn one and two and um, to like, you know, just be playing it and not really thinking about what you're doing and just kind of being like, hey, I'm getting all these points. And then after turn two, you know, the engagement happens and then you kind Surprise, of... Surprise! Start destroying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and then my squads are locked up and then I can't, you know, move these tokens anymore. I took it the wrong way because yeah. I wasn't looking where I was going to be. I put it where I was and, you know... Shit like that. It, it gets back to the more moving parts, the harder it is yeah. in a combat situation or, you know, tournament situation or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's something you got to practice with, guys. I mean, if you want to run it, you better practice with it. And you better practice flying formations with it, too. And it's a solid archetype because it's one of those of, it, there's a lot of thought process involved and there are ways to beat it. And once again, it, it's one of those of... It's it's a nice variety into the game for situations where sometimes you just play the objective. Because, once again, that's that's what's going to win you the game versus a straight-up head-to-head battle. And I, I personally think the objectives are, like, the best part of this game. Because yeah. there's so many of them. You know, there's a big variety. And it's just... it's It makes the game more than just... You know, a death match. Yep. Because well, yeah. you you came from X-Men. Yeah. Brian was a big X-Men guy, and he's had success in the X-Men community. And that's not about objectives, like, at no, all. No, it's just a dogfight. And, like, don't get me wrong. I know we shit on X-Men a lot. It's fun. But Armada always feels like the more complete game to me because of the objectives. You know? It, yeah. You can, you can kill. You can table somebody. And if they did their objectives right, like, it won't be... A huge win. I think I played Eric Burling at Ohio Regionals. It was two years ago now. And that happened to me. That was the year I got the flu. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not hungry. Yeah. And they puked on his shoes on the yeah. way to the car. 
<laughs> we, uh, we went out drinking. I ended up getting sick. wasn't from being hungover. Turns out I got the flu. I uh, I puked. Uh, did two rounds. Went in the car and just passed out. <laughs> Threw up a little bit more. That was a rancid smelling car when we got yeah. out there by the end of that day, man. That was yeah. not enjoyable. Drive back to the hotel. Drove three hours to go play, you know, with my plastic ships, and then I had to drop out of the tournament because I was dying. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I had. Uh, it was like a Maydean list, I think, with a Liberty, and I had you know some token fucking shenanigans, and then he did a Mon Mothma um, MC30 MSU, mm-hmm. and he ended up killing all my ships, and it was still only I think it was an eight three, it might have been a nine two, but it wasn't it wasn't a ten one even though I got tabled because you got I was so able to tokens. mitigate the points with yeah. all the tokens, yeah. which I mean, while half dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's another uh, version of the list. Token fucking list you can do is with Nadine. It was with uh, like an MC80 Liberty, MC30, and a bunch of transports, and you can still kind of do the token fucking stuff. Um, Danes ran that a couple yeah. times, and he won a store championship with that actually um, last year, or was it the no? It was this year? Yeah. It was this year, or no? It couldn't be this year. We're in 2018. <laughs> 2017. Oh, this, 2017. This past, this past yeah, yeah, yeah. season. Because store championships haven't started. Yeah. So so we can move on to just regular Akbar lists. Yeah. I think I think we've beaten that horse to death with the token fucking stuff. And um, so regular Akbar lists, I'm still a huge fan of Akbar. Before before the token fucking stuff came out, I was running Akbar just MCA to Doom Pickle, and that was it. And I had like a slew of X Wings and stuff that I took to the first worlds that I went to, and I placed twelfth then. So I did pretty good with it. Um, and it was weird at the time too. Like I was, it was me and one other guy running like one ship that works for Akbar before it was like cool, I guess. But I can't take total credit for that. I, I used to travel a lot for work and there was a buddy out in San Francisco that I would play with. And, uh, he's, he's the one that kind of helped me build that. There's a lot of ships that work well with Akbar. Like it's not just the MC-80, uh, Doom Pickle. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. The, other, yeah. the the seventy five looks yeah. like it's gonna be seventy five works well with it. I mean, yeah, the armored got, cruiser version. I've ran something with that. MC thirties, that's good. Yep. Um, CR nineties. You know, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, they got the what? The CR ninety eight's got one red up the side. So the only thing with that though is if you go up against EWS, yeah, early warning system. The only thing that's gonna hit is Janus Light. True. The rest mm-hmm. of your fleet is yeah. not gonna hit them at all. But so why, you would be, you, why would you not take Janus Light? Right. <laughs> but if you've got a swarm of CR nineties, depending on Akbar, you only got one doing it. Janus Light's what fucked me hard last year's regionals. Two years ago, actually, two years because. Yeah. Yeah, I played Bill last game and Janus Light got the MVP for that one. Yeah, it kept hunting all the stuff. smashing out of a CR90, just <laughs> obliterating transports. And, and, and while aside from Yavaris, you're not going to see a whole lot of Nebulon Bs, uh, I, we ran a small random little in store, like 200 point list tournament thing. Um, and the guy I was playing with ran Akbar and a Nebulon B. And the Nebulon B wound up throwing five, six dice out of its side arc at medium range, because I think it's a red and blue out of the side. Yes. And so with Akbar, that's putting it up to four, plus a concentrate fire, that's five dice from a Nebulon B out the side. So there's there's all sorts of ships that can work with it. I would not advise you to be <laughs> the main goal of your fleet with Akbar to be running Nebulon Bs, but pretty much any ship can still throw decent dice with Akbar. And Bs are cool because you can be pointing directly at someone and still being able to shoot out the side. Like that's that's when you get really good at maneuvering. 
and you're able to yeah. have someone in your side arc, and then they can't shoot that. Yep. And I know we talked about this, I think, in a prior episode or something like that, but the the way they the way people used to run Akbar before a lot of different ways, like Wave Two was like they do the uh, Congo line, Guppy. which oh, was yeah. Why did we mention the guppies? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was getting ready. I was, okay. I was I was moving into that. So the Mark Two B was was the Akbar ship because he came out with them, didn't he? Or no, no, he came with home one. No, he came with home one. That's yeah. right. You're right. I'm sorry. Bell Iblis came out with uh, the assault frigate. Right. So, the but senator. after that, though, because <laughs> you could have, yeah, just <laughs> stick to politics. Um, the Mark II Bs, you'd run like three Mark II Bs in a Congo line, and they'd have adva- uh, gunnery teams on them, and they would just shoot at long range, keep moving across, and then the big counter to that was they would just somebody would just get demo in the front of that thing and just start tearing through it, and they yep. couldn't maneuver around it. It was bad. <clears throat> but now there's a, I think it was just a pretty good and i've had pretty good success with it so far it's it, and it's only like i think it's 100 points it's a mark 2b with cake and Sholin, the twins which give you a re-roll on any single color dice all the dice you want um enhanced armaments ecm and intel officer yeah and that thing punches really hard with a concentrate fire token that's um seven dice seven red dice that you can re-roll and re-roll the ones you choose to re-roll. And choose the ones you, you know. yeah. It's not like that stupid um, Vet. veteran gunners thing that sucks. Though we will touch on that in the next segment. Veteran gunners? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know that? But okay. <laughs> we'll tease that a little bit. We're gonna, we're, okay, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler for me. I didn't even know we were doing that. So, um, so yeah, that's good. And, this, and, the, and the new armored cruiser... Is actually a really good ship with Akbar now too. You can put Kick in the Shoulder on that thing, yeah. and that's essentially a supercharged Mark II B because out the front, yeah. if you want to get in the front of that thing, okay, go ahead. Yeah, have fun. But black the, dice to the face. So you're gonna get. You're gonna get. Is it two or three black dice out of the front of the armor? Three. Is it still three black I think dice? It's three out of the black front dice of the out the front. You want me to look it up? Yeah, look it up real quick. I'm not sure, but either way, especially if they put a, a external racks on that thing, it can blow you out of the way. So. But that's a nice list to run to. So, uh, anything else we want to talk about with Akbar or two blacks? Two blacks. Two. Okay, so two blacks, three blue. Two blacks, three blue yep. on the card, and then three red, two blue out the sides. Yeah. Looks like he was made for Akbar. Yeah, <laughs> kinda. Yeah, it works pretty good. So, anything else we want to say about this? No. no. All right. So. From here, we're going to move on to our next segment. Right? Yep. All right. So we're going to go to Hamarimtes. Oh, dear God. What the heck is a rim job? Oh, why, that's when you put your legs behind your head and have someone lick your ass. I can taste it. In my mouth, it's just so bittersweet. All right. Welcome to How My Rim Taste section. And now we're going to talk about our Wave 7 experiences with Thrawn, Radis, and all the different upgrade cards. And uh, Brian's going to take it away here. All right. So Wave 7's been out for a little while now. Does anyone know exactly when it came out? About a month. About a month, give or take. It feels like a month, yeah. A lot of the cards were spoiled, though. And um, I know we did a tournament at Gatekeeper Games where we were able to proxy um, any Wave 7 Anything really Anything that was spoiled much. by then. Um, All we, the we ISDs. <laughs> we even had a guy who uh, figured out how to print the the MC seventy five on yeah. a piece of paper that would fit in a ship. Yeah, the cardboard portion. Yep, yeah. the cardboard. Yep. Yeah. 
onto a base or whatever. So um, I believe someone had one of those. So, um, I mean, personally, I don't think anyone's going to disagree. Like, it's been a great wave so far. Yes. It's full of tons of good stuff. Yep. Everything from, you know, Thrawn's huge. Radis is huge. Both, all the new ships are great. There's awesome upgrades. Strategic Advisor's big. Kagan and Sholin are huge. What else do we got? We got... Uh, Bale and Price. Bale and yep. Price. Yeah, Bale. Good old Bale, you know, going around cucking off the galaxy. <laughs> uh, the heavy ion emplacements I've been enjoying immensely. Yeah. And we'll get Which into I it more, but I, I personally think Bale might be end up being the superstar of this wave. I think he's going to be huge. Especially especially in a high competitive environment. I uh, say D, uh, a guy we play with, DZ, um, has been running price with brutal efficiency with squadrons as of late. So price is, is still in there. I think Bale does have the leg up over the fact of you being able to... Because uh, he's, he's a hard counter to price. Yeah, yeah, and you can circumvent BT Avenger or Demo, which is fantastic. But price on a Quasar and a Sloan list is nasty. Yep. To go to first last. Especially yeah. when it bids a ridiculous amount to go first last. <laughs> because I think that's also where this wave well, is going to take us. He's taking like 30-point bids, isn't he? Yeah. And, yeah. and so, it, you know, as people are planning for Worlds and some of the other bigger tournaments, people are starting to bait not how much they're bidding to go first. What what ship cost they're bidding to yeah. go first. Yeah. I'm bidding a GR-75. No, I'm bidding a Gazzotti. No, I'm bidding a Raider to go first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just not even bothering with the actual so points. Yeah. Some pretty, pretty big meta, you know, shaking upgrades yeah. that came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess first we can talk about the new ships. I think, yeah. I don't think there's a bad ship. No. They're all no, no. great. The MC-75 is crazy. It's tanky. Yeah. It can maneuver well. It's got awesome, you know, armaments out the front and sides. Especially because we were thinking, because it only has two really useful defensive tokens, but that doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. It just has no. one brace and one... Especially when you put Lando on it. Yeah. The, it's... the only case where it actually matters is, quite frankly, BT Avenger uh, with the Kuat, because you're only hitting two tokens there. And with against AM75, you're hitting the two important tokens, which yeah. is the brace and the redirect. Once again, that's a very specific scenario. In most cases, the MC75's tokens, um, yeah, everyone would love the extra redirect versus an extra contain, but it's not the end of the world. Generally noticeable. Yeah. Um, I love both the new ISDs. You know, I'm yep. a big Imperial player. Yeah. The Kuat's great. The Simons are sick with Vader. Oh god. This um, Two Simons with Vader, and if you stick Intel Officer on both, just will eat any ship at yeah. long range. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of just, even just talking about it, I kind of feel over my head because I don't think there's really anything bad. Right. You know, um, people are excited about early warning system, which lets you obstruct one of your hull zones. Yeah. So, I mean, in most cases, fighters aren't going to do anything. Certain ships at long range aren't going to be able to do much. Um you know, that's going to be a good, we've been having debates on whether it's better to take that or like ECM, you know, and it's, it's going to be situational because you I think know, it's I, very meta determined. Yes. Yep. That's and, what we've concluded. And it's one of those of, it, it depends on what you're up against. So if you wind up flying against a heavy bomber wing, the early warning system is going to outperform ECM. But if you run into BT Avenger and Demo, 
the ECM is what you're going to need. It's going to be very case by case, but I mean, both of them will work. They're both good upgrades regardless of the situation. It's just a matter of how good or how optimum they're going to be, and it's just going to be case by case. So personally, I've been playing um, around with the Kuat ISD, and uh, so far I've found it to be to be really nasty, honestly, being able to have the... Um, the ordnance slot on yep. it is there's so much you can do. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of just <laughs> rambling on here because I don't know. I just feel like everything that came out in this wave is so, um, you're, you're able to use it in so many different ways. You're gushing. Like you look, you look red, like I you're flush. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cause I pulled, flush. I pulled up a picture of Lando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you get you can feel him cucking oh, yeah. you through the computer. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see him back in action and solo in two months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um I personally haven't been able to fly the uh the MC seventy five too much because my work schedule sucks. I don't need to play as much as you guys. So when do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean I've been doing a lot of Radis. And early on, I always thought Radis was gonna be huge. And I feel like it took I mean, we've only, it's only been out like a month or something, and I, I feel like he was the slow, like people weren't so sure, but now I think people are starting to realize how powerful Radis is, and I think he's going to be huge. Oh, holy shit. Like, he really fucks things up, man. He completely changes the deployment mechanic. Because to the point where it's almost irrelevant. Yeah, because we talk about, okay... So you don't need an activation pad anymore. Right. So it's like, I, I've got, I've got, I have to get to five. I have to get to six activations. And I have to have six to eight squadrons so I can get the deployments right to get my ships in the right point. Radis doesn't give a shit. I'm going to drop a freaking large ship in your grill and you're going to die. <laughs> An MC-75 and then you do profundity mm -hmm. and spit on a hammerhead. The, the amount of range you can reach across the board from the ship you deployed from, then off of a distance one from him to a large base, and then distance one from that large base to the to the torpedo boat is you're over going, half the board. Like, it's you're clear across the fucking board almost. You're going at least the full range ruler. So you're going from out of range to dropping someone in close range just like that. And if you go first with Radis, the Radis ship cannot go first, but that torpedo boat you just spit out can. And a great example of this is that if anybody plays, uh, pays attention to Vassal, which I'm, I mean, I pay attention to it and then I, I see the things that happen and I read <laughs> some things about it. I don't play it myself, but uh, JJ, uh, uh, Josiah Burkhardt's Meyer, he just won Vassal with a, a Radis list, like an early version Radis list that I'm sure he would tweak now, but... This thing has been, it's slaughtered through people. Like, yeah. he lost his first game because I think he didn't know how to run Radis yet. <laughs> and JJ's one of those savant type guys. Yep. And then he figured it out and then he, he smashed through everybody on his way to winning the Vassal World Cup thing. And I think he really opened up a lot of eyeballs to how awesome Radis is and is going to be. Me personally, I've been running quite a few different Radis lists, I've been running different variations. I tried like a two big ship. Like an MC-80 Death Pickle with an MC-75 and like just a transport or two transports and just yep. a smattering of fighters. And it's funny, when you run Radis, <clears throat> I think there are squad-heavy versions you could run with Radis that would work. But I think most people lean towards me personally, like it's just going squadron base. Yep. Like just Sharon Tycho and that's it. Just enough to give <clears throat> you a, a, a split second of cover 
a, hopefully a turn's worth of yeah. cover. Yeah. And then that's all you should need because Radis wants to bang. Radis wants to fight. Yep. That's Something what I want to try all is about. the Ordnance Cruiser with external racks and the wide area barrage. Oh, I haven't been able to try that yet, but just throwing a concentrate fire and... I mean, that could be really good, especially if you yeah. drop them in and you can just smoke one of their Throw aces. A bunch of That's black really dice, important. Reroll them all. If you like, I pick against an Imperial. Yeah. And then, I, I oh, yeah. only went up against wide area barrage once. And he's running Sato, right? Because everybody wants yeah. to have Sato. But it, it smoked all my Imperial aces. I didn't have a whole lot. I just had a, I had, I had Rudor, I had Howlrunner, and a decent number of ties for recover. So it wasn't like a slow and heavy list. But. <clears throat> It's it's not mitigatable. It's it's not an attack. So all of a sudden it's just like, oh, you're a three hull tie that's an ace. Well, it's just dead. The and, keyword and, is suffer. Yeah. When anything says suffer, there's nothing you can do against it. it. And getting getting up to three full damage off that is is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. But if you take a single damage on a three hull tie, wide area barrage off an of MC seventy five with Sato is going to kill aces like nothing. And that, that that one instance, I'm surprised. It's for two points. I, I know there's so many good ordnance upgrades, and that's probably why it hasn't seen enough play yet. But mm -hmm. for two points, for what it can do situationally, I, I I'm surprised we haven't seen it a whole lot yet. Yeah, and I think speaking earlier about, and, and this will stick with Radis, but I think we're about to see some ridiculous bidding wars. Yeah. To go yeah. first, not just for Radis, but also for the price carriers. I think the price carrier is going to become BT a archetype. Ar archetype BT Avenger is still yep. absolutely out there, and is you can still use an ISD one, and BT Avenger is still great. Yep. But I almost think the Kuat's better because you can put APTs on that thing, yeah, and really start hammering stuff. Okay. Or or external racks um, is, is my preferred way to go. I haven't done it, but um, ACMs and HIEs. That's an interesting combo. So I saw yep. someone using that with what you need Ooh. the, the fire, fire control, control team, team right? Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so you do the fire control team and then, you know, take a uh, screed, maybe. Yeah. You need screed or whatever. And you for sure would. So, almost for sure pop Because you get the ordnance and the ion upgrades and that on a Kuat. If you get the double arc or whatever, I don't even know if you need that. What you want is the two crits. So you do the HIEs to take the shields off and then you do ACMs to do a damage. And those do it on the uh, um, adjacent hull zones of whatever you're attacking. Mm -hmm. So... so so I've been running, we're doing another Corellian Conflict at the moment, and I've been running Thrawn, and, and we decided to kind of figure out how everyone's list were going to go. I was going to basically try to get BT Avenger and a demo operational. Demo's not happening, but I have a fully operational BT Avenger. And my fleet has been under 400 points pretty much the entire uh, Corellian Conflict. And so while I've lost more games than I've won, I think I've won one and lost two, um, in both games I lost, I still absolutely trounced, the, or not necessarily trounced, but I, I smashed something in return. Um, and so with BT Avenger on a Kuat, <coughs> with just like I have got expanded racks, I am reliably getting upwards to the point of 10 to 13-ish damage with just a front arc. And if you can lock down the key tokens and get a single accuracy... You are one-shotting everything but another ISD. And if you get a double arc, it's going to one-shot anything. Um, which leads into, I'm running Thrawn for there. And Thrawn, I've discovered, loves any ship that wants to do at least two things simultaneously. So, 
Demo is big. BT Avenger, that's it's big with any list. But both BT Avenger or Star Destroyer wants to be doing two things simultaneously. It wants the concentrate fire. It wants the engineering. And it wants to navigate. And what Thrawn allows you to do is to get both commands simultaneously. And so what I found worked really well so far in the campaign is my standard command stack for Thrawn, because he allows you to have three commands that at the start of the ship phase, I believe, you get to flip one of those if you choose, um, and all ships on your side gets that extra command. I found having two navigates and an engineering has been phenomenal because that allows me to choose my ships to go, well, this one's going to use a squadron, that one's going to use a concentrate fire, that one's going to use an engineering, and that way I'm going to get the capability of getting both my navigate off, which is huge in this game, as well as getting whatever else command that's necessary to either push more damage or try to keep the damage off myself. It's kind of crazy to me, too, that Thrawn, you get three stack, or, mm -hmm. you know, three dials to stack yep. rather than just one. Because, I mean, that's half the game. Yep. Most people token up in the first round, maybe round two, you know. I mean, I I don't know if I've played a game where we've engaged before round two. Or it, before it, round it, three. It takes two. really unique lists, like yeah. the, the double all interdictor, face punch list, and stuff like that to engage turn one. So for Thrawn, I mean, it's you could save it if you have a good round three, and mm -hmm. then the next three rounds where all the damage is going on, you know, that's he's going to come in clutch there. Yeah. But and the, the counter to that one is um, I've historically used JJ ever since he's come out because maneuver is king. It's still hard to not have that extra maneuver capability JJ provides. And so even though Thrawn is phenomenal, it takes a lot more thought. You'd think it'd be easy mode. I get three extra commands. Surprisingly, it's not. There's a lot of other good Imperial commanders they give him a run for his money, but if you can make it work, if you can think far enough ahead and plan a list around having the dual commands, Thrawn is, in fact, fantastic, but it's not easy mode, which is good for the character as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt, you've been messing with... I've been Thrawn, right? You did, no. You did, no, you did Raddus. I've been doing Raddus. Yeah. Yeah. So and talk about that, because you went, you went, you did like a fighter heavy thing for a little bit. I did. I was doing the uh, the uh, the pickle bomb, where I would I would radis, I would radis in an MC eighty with rapid launch bays. Surprise B wings. Surprise, surprise <laughs> B wings, and I would load it up with three B wings, uh, maybe ten nub, and then Jan Ors most of the time. So he's going out and radis in the. Radisson and 80, you dropped three B-Wings. And I was in the mode where I was trying to get to the point where I didn't care if I was going first because Radis can't go first anyways. But I was finding it first was still probably better because that allowed me... I would, I would Radisson the 80, but I would be able to move in my Bomber Command so that was in range. And then after that, I'd be able to drop in the B-Wings and get their, their full effect. And and you did you have Flight Commander on there or no? Uh, yes. So you can do yeah. your squadron activation after your move? So I can do it after the move, yeah. So even if they move away from you, you can probably run them down. Yeah. Yeah. But that also gives the opportunity to get uh, the B-Wing strikes instead of uh, opening fire to lead it up for the MC-80 to punch. Letting the MC-80 punch 
and then letting the B-Wings follow up, and then perhaps, will most likely punch through a now shieldless hull zone. Which I've found to be, because I when Rabbit Launch Base first came out, I used to ran, run a MCA to command quite a bit with... Um, uh, be loaded up with like yep. B wings and actually it would it would be like Nora Gold. Yeah. Actually, honestly, Gold Squadron. Yeah. Is just as good as if not better than B wings. Yes. And two Bs, and I would shoot first and then move up and hit them. And I found that was actually that's a better combo to set up to hurt things is to have the ship shoot first okay. and then the squadrons. Yeah. But talking about Radis, so I'm finding Radis on Radis. I think you want to go second as the Radis person. Yep. Unless they have like an M, they came in with an MC30 and it's double arced on you, and then shit, that sucks. <laughs> but you know, maybe try not to, to, to maneuver <laughs> like that. But Radis against Radis, a second player Radis is stronger than a first player Radis when they're going against each other because that second player Radis actually gets to move his ship first, the one that came in Radis, because it's not the first one that activated. The one that brought his in. He has to place his first because he's the first player in the order of operations. And then, if you're the second player, you get to wait and see yeah. if he decided to Radis. And then if he did, you then Radis you on his... Right. You counter his Radis. Yeah. And hopefully, if your ship's in the right position, or if not, or if they screwed up their deployment, you then double arc their Radis ship that came in, and then you actually end up hitting it first before it hits you. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's bigger. Most, I mean... Most everybody's bringing in. You've done an MC80, but most everybody's bringing an MC75 in. I kind of feel the 75 is probably going to be the better Radish ship, unless you're set up specifically for, say, the, the MC Liberty run. could work yeah. too if it's uh, the, specific. I've seen, I've seen yeah. the Liberty too, but really the Liberty is kind of a toned down 75, or a 75 is a is an amped up Liberty. I I think this, the in general the 75 is a better ship. Yeah. I, I believe that. The Liberty's got its place, but because the Liberty strong suit is at it, it is going to be medium out, or if not, uh, if it's the Battlecruiser version long range, um, it doesn't gain anything by being dropped into a close range no. situation. No. And, that's, and that's what Radis allows you to do. It allows you to drop a ship that can punch you in the face with black dice yeah. in black dice range. Yeah. A Liberty's a souped up net B. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's how you got to play it. It's too fragile to get in close. Although I find it funny though, Brian, you were saying like how often do you engage before turn like three with Radis? Oh yeah, <laughs> with Radis I can with Radis I've seen in turn one if I the, really wanted to. The latest I've seen him, I've seen him go once in turn three. Everyone else is dropping like turn one or turn two. You just rush turn one. You have somebody at speed two or three. You rush out there. Turn two, you drop him down. He's in the face of anyone across from you, unless they went like turn one and in turn one they started speed one and then went to zero for whatever reason. If they're moving one, he's going to be able to take a shot. So, a slick thing that to talk about JJ, what I saw him do, I, I watched in a, um, a vassal tournament, he chose their um, capture the VIP. And capture the VIP is they put, I think it's beyond, I don't remember what beyond what distance, but they put a token down essentially on their board that has to be within distance one of an obstacle. And wherever it was, in turn by the end of turn one, at the start of turn two, he had rushed a squad, or he had rushed a, I think probably transport or something across the board, and then he dropped his radish ship, and then he dropped his 
torpedo boat down, and the torpedo boat at the start of turn two grabbed that <laughs> VIP before the other guy could grab it because you could reach that yeah. far across the board. And then he's turned away with it, and all of a sudden he's 75 points up. And I can only imagine the other guy's like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck just happened? How the hell did you get over here so fast? But that's the great thing. Now, back when I was talking about the bidding wars earlier, if you have the profundity, unless you're really competent, you need to go first. Because going second, if you got profundity and you really want to go first, it's tough, man. That's an uphill battle. So how much are you willing to bid? The yeah. bids are going to start getting ridiculous, yeah. especially for Radis, and I think because of price, they're going to start getting ridiculous on the Imperial side for those for those price. And BT Avengers. And BT Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So in Metro Detroit, in our area, I mean, the most people would bid for first would be in the mid-teens, maybe. Well, I, I was pushing it with as the last regional here. I was pushing it towards getting close to 20 we're getting to the point where people are legitimately considering getting it up to 30, if not higher. I think that's where it's going. And, and, and in response, I know I talked to Bill about this, is the, we're, some of us are just thinking, fuck it, we're not going to even get into that. We're going to go straight for 400, 399, hmm. and, build, and build a list that's designed <laughs> that if we go first, great. If we go second, great. And just roll with it that way because... You're talking about entire ships, like actual combat ships, that people are willing to forego to get whatever neat trick that they want to run. So just, they so desperately want to go first. And I'm just, me personally, I'm not that kind of player. Like, once I start bidding too high, like, I'm just like, fuck, man, like, what am I missing now? Like, yeah. I, it's less stuff I'm doing. And because I've got a Radis list I've ran with actually Aspiration, I'll talk about here um, real quick, that I bid. I think the most I've ever been, it was 17 points. Yeah. And I don't know if that could yeah. ever be enough. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming like that'll just never make it in any real competitive tournament anymore these days. But it's, and it's worked. Like it actually works really well. It's a medium transport with slicer tools, quantum storm. Cause I, I like to run slicer tools a lot. I really like to fuck with other people's command stacks. And then it's two hammerhead scouts, both with quad battery turrets and task force Organa. One has Hondo on it. Because the random the Radish ship coming in loves Hondo because at least you get a token off the top yep. that you can start using for something. And then it's with uh, MC-30 Admonition, uh, APTs, Ordnance Experts, Lando, and Radis is on the MC-30. So those are the ships in play. The ship I'm bringing in is the MC-75, and that's Aspiration. Now, the Aspiration title lets you move however many shields you want to move around from two hull zones to two other hull zones. Yes. Is it two other? I thought it was just one other. Two. No, two. You can put it wherever you want. It basically allows you to get an MC-75 to have two six hull. Excuse me, two six shield zones on the hull there. Yeah. Ooh. Now, that being said, you cannot then move shields around or regain shields until those shield zones have returned to their original values. But... When you pop that fucker in the front there, you just redirect and you burn off all those shields and you're fine the next that's turn. That's freaking... Uh, unless you have XI-7s in your face, that's 12 fucking health right there. Yeah, and you can just... That you want them to burn off because yeah. you want to then re- regain your shields anyway. So it's like, you almost don't even need to use your brace. It's actually a way of like just ignoring your brace. And especially if you've got an engineering command stacked up and then you hondo and you have six engineering and you re- regain three shields or move what, whatever one or two you got left... 
it it actually aspiration is really fucking good. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad you can't put Vader on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> just just so you can deploy it, you can ransom it in and be like, be careful not to choke on my ass. <laughs> Fucking hardcore nerd right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just well played, sir. Well played. So anyway, so the, the aspiration has ECM, Intel officer, ordnance experts, APT, and external racks. And actually, that thing is really great with the Intel officers. Is you hit them and then you blow your racks and be like Intel officer, your brace. Yeah. Because I know you have to brace this. Yeah. If you don't, you've just taken a massive punch to your face and you're not gonna be able to do it. So next turn or on my other arc, I'm just shooting away right at. Something you don't have a brace anymore. And then the main weak part is it, it has two A-wings for the, the fighter yeah. cover. But, I mean, that's the trade-off you're going to get. Yep. But And that's 17-point bid, and I already feel like I'm missing so many things. And I just know that's not going to be enough. <laughs> it, it, for any major highly competitive tournament where I need to go first, because once I start bidding 17 points, I clearly need to go first, right? Yeah. Now that I'm not going first, and I, go, I get stuck going second, and I've already bid 17 points... Oh, fuck it, man. Like, that's that's too much. Yep. Just go in with 300 points. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got something here, Brian. <laughs> I'm playing Wave 1. <laughs> you get better than me? I'll just play Wave 1. <laughs> they, they update the rules? <laughs> I'm still reading this out of the course that I bought on eBay. It said 300 points. What the fuck do you mean for it? <laughs> Shit. Can I borrow some shit? <laughs> T.O., can I get a T.O. <laughs> so, I think that's where we're going. I mean, it depends on your meta, but I would suggest to anybody that maybe is going to Worlds, and we, we're going to have an episode out before Worlds, because Worlds is May 4th, and we got a, two more, what day is today? What's today? March 10th, 10th 11th-ish. Yeah. Alright, so we'll have an we'll have an episode out in yeah. April. We're gonna talk about worlds. I'll tell you and hopefully we'll update in there because me and him have both been to worlds. I've been there twice. And we'll give you guys like experiences we've had there and how to maneuver through it. It's not that big a deal. Don't be intimidated. There's gonna be baby seals there. You wouldn't expect them to be there, but there's gonna be. People just got tickets. Like there's no real entry system that yeah. only lets the good players in. That's not how it works. Especially seems this year, it's just random lottery. Yeah. 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 There are now. Don't get me wrong. At the top tables, there's going to be some bangers up there. Yeah. But like in the lower tables, it might just be like you're at your own regional. It's really not that is, big. A it's deal. eighty bucks for a ticket, and then you got to fly out yeah. there. Yeah. And get a hotel. So like to the middle of if Minnesota. You, if you're really not that good at Armada, you must really love the game to dish yeah. out that much money. To or you're from Minnesota. Minnesota. Or you're from Minnesota. <laughs> there's quite a few locals that yeah. play there. Yeah. So good for them. Anyway, um, <laughs> what the fuck was the last thing we talked about? Oh, the ridiculous bids. Yeah. yeah. So. Or Gen Con, because I'll be at Gen Con this year. Most of us will be at Gen Con. I'll be there. Tristan won't be, because no. he doesn't go. He doesn't leave the state. I'll nope. even be at Worlds this year. Yeah, Brian's going to Worlds. Brian will be there. So, mm-hmm. Brian and our local guy, mm-hmm. DZ. So, we're, they'll be at Worlds. To uh, You guys can uh, berate them for their awful chauvinistic views, on, chauvinistic views <laughs> apparently. By the way, I dare you to walk up to Brian and say anything. <laughs> I just dare you to. You'll be able to figure out who he is. It's not going to be a problem. <laughs> and once you see him, if you still want to say something to him, just take a picture beforehand. I just want to see it. <laughs> so, um, so, I don't know. Like Tristan said, fuck it, man. I'm not going to bid anymore. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to say goodbye to Profundity. Because that's, I don't know how you run for, I mean, I know how you do it, but it's going to be so hard. 
to run profundity as a second player. But I think aspiration could definitely be a second player ship. Because you're you're going to have an approach angle, and you know for a fact it's going to be the front and a particular side that's going to be taking fire. And 12 freaking shields, it's a lot of shields to eat through. Yeah. Like I said, you can just not use your brace. Yeah. And just redirect. Yeah. And then next turn, or then you're going, or not next turn, the next activation, you're going first with that. Yep. And they better hope they got out of that double arc or they moved away because they're, they're about to get smashed. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. Since we're talking about titles, um, the Mon Calamari Exodus fleet, I think we should talk about that real quick. There's a guy that we're playing yep. <laughs> um, on the Rebel side, obviously, yeah. in our campaign that's got that built in. He's got, and he just totally built his fleet to basically regen shields yeah. ridiculously. It's, it's, yeah. it's stupid effective. He's got a Pelta with the um, shields to max yep. on card, and then he's got he's got a Liberty and then MC-75, right? Yep. They both have the Mon Calamari Exodus fleet. So basically what happens is uh, the, the title lets you, if there's another ship with the copy of the title, you get two additional engineering points when you do an engineering command. Yep. So they both have engineering four. So what he ends up doing is he does the shields to max to get the shield right off the bat, and then he'll pop his engineering command with a token, so he'll have eight, eight engineering points, and he will <laughs> fix all the damage you did to his ships. I'm quite legitimately before. surprised he doesn't have a Redemption and be, uh, a Nebulon B in there to get up to nine yeah. <laughs> on his engineering. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just... Or that engineering this. teams thing, yeah. too. Yeah, because yeah. I, I put those on my decks. So it's it's one of those that you you we we were looking at, and also with the uh, the Imperial version with the seventh fleet going, how much is that really worth? And just by itself, probably not. But if you build to that as the core yeah. part of your fleet, it's doing surprisingly well. I feel like the Pelta is really what makes it shine. Yeah, with the shields, even though you're only getting one shield a turn, um, it's no matter what. Like every ship gets it. So there's a free shield, and then you've got eight engineering, so you can get rid of a card and pull all your shields back up. Yeah. Or even move them around. Like Conversely, too, Moncal Exodus Fleet only needs two ships to be good. Yep, yep. I think Seventh Fleet needs at least three yeah, to you... get the value out of it. To get it because that because be, because of the other titles you could take otherwise. Yeah, the 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 amount of titles that you really want to have on a Star Destroyer or the Glad is, you know, Demo, Avenger. Um, Even Devastator. Yeah. Now. yeah, Relentless. Devastator Simons are yep. fucking a thing now. Oh, yeah. Who mm-hmm. thought you'd say that? Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, niche guys, niche groups of people that would, like, run Devastator out there this whole time. Yeah. But now it's, like, becoming a thing with Vader. It's, yeah. it's Vader Simons. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of dice, man. But the the Mod Cal Exodus fleet it only requires two ships to do it. Yep. And it's still like it, it is hard to knock somebody out that has a fleet built all around that. Because yeah. at that point you're literally regenning five shields. So you're talking about a, a, you, any of the Mon Cal cruisers, you've got primarily a four facing somewhere. Uh, you're regenerating your entire shields or most of them and removing damage. Mm-hmm. And Unless you've got something that is either BT Avenger or Demo or, uh, you know, the MC-30 in the right spot or an MC-75 in the right spot just to literally punch a huge-ass hole there, if you're not doing catastrophic damage in one in a one-two punch, 
you're not going to be able to actually out surprisingly enough. Typically, how do you kill ships? Like the first round, you attack it, you drain all the shields, and yeah. maybe you get a damage card on yeah. it. And then the next round yep. is you do all the damage, and because there's no shields, it's yep. just cards. Yep. But what he ends up doing is he he gets all his shields back. Yep. And then he has one damage card. Who gives a fuck about one damage card? You got right. eight, nine hull. Because then you spend yeah. another yeah. turn getting all the shields Try down the shields and one again. more damage yeah. card. And then next turn, he just brings it back. Yep. It's it's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brian's been at by it a couple I've times. Several times now. <laughs> Which was funny going into it and from talking with the other Rebel players. They're like, I'm not sure how well that's going to work. And it's been one of the most effective He's rebel like the, lists the in the best yeah. fleet yeah. on their team right now. Yeah. And granted, we are doing like a an augmented version of the conflict. We've got some some really bizarre things. I think, <laughs> I think I think we're up to forty completely eliminated ships, four fleets, five fleets retired. We added a yeah. rule through four rounds of the game <laughs> of the campaign where when a ship takes its whole um, value and damage, yep. it becomes disabled and. It just basically stays on the board until you do double the damage, and then it's destroyed yep. forever. There's no scarring. There's no repairing it. It's gone. While we're so, saying this, Bill is scowling middle of the carpet because he wants to kill all of us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't scrapped my fleet yet. <laughs> I'm the only one that's gotten up to, to fight because we upped it to 550. I'm the only one who's gotten there. <laughs> and he's done it with freaking Constantine and two dicks. <laughs> I've done it with Constantine and two dicks. And I'm looking at these fuckers who got all the good admirals, and I'm just like, you assholes. Like, I am struggling. I'm barely getting through it. Well, it's working. But, and I'm the only one winning, too. Like, the phone got tabled uh, round one, and then we had to be uh, flown into a star. <laughs> yeah, she had to be flown into a star in disgrace. But we're, I think we're going to talk about that next episode, yeah, about yeah. the Krillian conflict, this uh, this uh, conflict we did. And we did some a lot of alterations to it because we've played so many conflicts. We're kind of getting bored with it. And we feel like there was things that needed to change with it, uh, different stuff. That's just a taste of what we've done. We've done a bunch Look, of fucking shit to some it. Some more teasing for yeah. you guys. Yeah. So the the goal to was to kill more shit, and more shit has been killed. It's working. <laughs> it's, it's really working that a lot of things are dying. A little too much. It's getting yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like, when you're talking about that double hit points, like... Flotillas and Gazantes don't last. No. You can't use them as blockers anymore because then the points you're just losing too many points. Yeah. So that's something we definitely have to address. Like that's that's not worth. I don't know if another scatters the answer for them or whatever. We have to come up with something. But either way, anyway, <laughs> so, we're well, we, di- we digress. We digress. <laughs> that's not back to wave seven. Back to like yeah. We've talked a lot about the MC seventy five. Um, let's kind of delve more into the uh, the Star Destroyer expansion pack. I want to hear about. Um, the Mandalorian Gauntlet Fighters. Who's run those here? I know you. Me. Got one. I think that's <laughs> the only one. Yeah. So I'm only doing it because of the CC fleet thing we're doing, yeah. and I'm running this Constantine list, and I'm, I'm going for. Me- so, you know, you never want to go full retard when you're doing a when you're, when you're doing a when you're doing a list or when you're doing a a, a, a part in a, pl- in a in a movie, right? That was from like Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. 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 Never go full retard. I went full retard. I'm like, if I'm gonna be stuck with Constantine, because we did a we did a random draw, draw. Of, of of our admirals to begin with, and I just got stuck with them. I said, fuck it, if I'm gonna go Constantine, I'm gonna go full retard Constantine. So I am doing everything I can to manipulate speed, mani- manipulate the board space. I've got two G8s where no no not G8s uh, G7s where yep. they shut off 
you have to start at speed zero, and I have two of them, so it covers three quarters of the board. Yep. And I've got the grab shift. I've got the G eight, where when you go to activate to move, I can hit it, and you get dropped a speed right away. I put heavy ion cannons on there yep. to knock off the the navigate token, and I've taken Gar Saxon. So I'm I'm using a Mandalorian gauntlet, and then I upgraded him to Gar Saxon. Um, and I haven't really done much with the Gauntlet <laughs> Fighter yet. Um, Gar Saxon is definitely the better of the two. Have you if got you, raid tokens to go off yet? I did early. In the first game I played, I was able to smack a raid token on because they shoot two blues yeah. when it was just a regular Gauntlet Fighter. And then the four subsequent rolls that I did, I did not get a single hit <laughs> against the ship. So it, it sucks. Like it's a, There's no re-rolls with the fucking thing. So like... Oh man, I was so pissed that game. I'm like, this piece of shit. Like, I'm gonna fly it into a star. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care. But I got up to Gar Saxon now. And then the last game I played, I didn't have an opportunity to try to hit a ship with Gar Saxon. But now that I've got, got Gar, Gar Saxon and he is a veteran, I'm hoping to start really yeah. whacking some whacking on some raid tokens here. And just I think maybe he might now in a 400 point list, that's a whole different animal, man. I'm I'm working with 550 yeah. points here. It's ridiculous. But in a 400-point competitive list, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I feel like this raid thing is is going to be something we see more of in Wave 8. Yeah, because right now it's only Jen Erso. That's the thing. The Rebels can hardly do it. And yeah. it's only on three objectives that she does anything anyways. Yeah. And that's so situational. Like... Fuck that, dude. Do not take take Champs and Duel. Yeah. Champs and Duel is a Champs and Duel off of Profundity is nasty. He's awesome. Champs and Duel at the external racks off of Profundity really fucks somebody up. It really does. It's awesome. And, and that's with him on a hammerhead. Yeah, that's him on a hammerhead. Jin is just, I don't think she's ready to see the field of battle yet. I'm feeling like Wave 8, you're going to see somehow this comes around. And even for the Imperials, like, I don't know. It's just too easy to get rid of a raid token. Yeah. yeah. It's too easy. And, and, and too hard to get one. And it's, it's kind of too hard to get one with no rerolls. And they don't do enough AA and they don't do enough bombing to really warrant the 20, 23 points. Yeah, they're, they're AA or they're anti fighters, two blues and a red. Yeah. And I've, uh, it's, they don't do a whole lot. With no rerolls, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone used the new Darth Vader? Um, I have, yes. I think I did. So. I, when I when I usually have them go up against the list where it wasn't terribly critical on what I was going to remove because ideally you want to pull Avenger or a gunnery teams or Lando or you know pull pull a really linchpin upgrade off the the list I happened to go up against didn't have any of those so 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 the new Vader though what he does is he's a boarding trooper yep he's a boarding team and what he does is he gets rid of any title any op anything but an admiral. Yep. He wipes it off that ship when he gets the squadron to only three points. points. Mm -hmm. And he's super cheap. Yep. I think in certain situations he's better than boarding troopers. Yes. Yes, he is. I really think so. Because yeah. he applies to anything and everything. And there's a list that I want to run that it kind of revolves around a kuat with him. I haven't done it yet, but I think it could be really good. I think it could replace boarding troopers in most situations. Yeah. You pull that ECM off. Right there. You don't yeah. need a venture at that point. You just pull no. the CM off, you yeah. blow the shit And then re-roll, get your accuracy, yeah. and yeah. Fuck, that, that fucking thing's hurting. And, I and wonder how he'd work on, like, a Raider. 
that's, so that's, that's something I want to try with too, like a Raider, ter- like a Raider mm-hmm. missile boat. So that's where I ran them as. I basically replaced my uh, ordnance experts uh, with, uh, with, with Vader instead. So I still had a, a Raider with expanded racks. It's a solid ship. Black dice are pretty reliable. I happened to roll for crap that time. But I pulled off a, a random upgrade. It, it, it's a neat ability. And against specific combos, it could be brutal. The, the one game I played with it, it wasn't. But I can safely say, it, it's if you've got first players, it's going to be really easy to get off. Second players, always going to be a little tougher. But the difference between having Vader versus somebody else, Vader's not there to ramp up your damage. You're not necessarily using that Raider to go and get an initial hit. It's then becomes, if you're second player... Area denial because unless you take out that raider, they're going to fly into your range and they're going to pull off a key upgrade. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're driving in with either demo or BT Avenger, you run the risk of if you get in there before he activates, you're all of a sudden losing one of the key points of your plan. And with BT Avenger as the example, you're not pulling Avenger off; you're pulling the border troopers off. Yeah, because they need to go. You got Avenger? I don't care. I'll use all my tokens anyway. And I think the thing with him only being three points is, like, while it would suck to not get him off, it, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wow, mean, that was a really low yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want to toss some more song balls around here? <laughs> if it's Vader, you probably want to get him off. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he'd be happy. You want to blue ball uh, the fucking most dangerous Sith in the galaxy. But, uh, yeah, yeah if, you don't, if you don't use his upgrade card... Um, Three points, who gives a shit? You know? Like, it sucks. Obviously, you want to do the things you you buy, but yeah. it's not like investing into a whole ship and then not ever getting to shit. Yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else to really talk about? Um, I did. Well, I'll go to, I'll go to Bale. When I said in the beginning, oh, I thought yeah. Bale was going to be the best part of this wave. And I think he is, especially for highly competitive lists. Yeah. Because he is a hard counter to price, and I think the price... Uh, super carrier yeah. last first is going to be a big deal. Bale stops that. Um, Bale stops BT Avenger. Bale stops Demo. Yep. Um, and I think that just that alone, I, I I don't know if you need to explain more with that. I think I think that kind of just does it. Yep. That that's going to be huge, especially so just, in competitive. To play. stop price, what you would do is you would pick the round after. Price. Yeah. So yeah. price, and they're first, so they have to declare price before you do. Yeah. Yep. So you know exactly when price is happening. So they're like, okay, price is going to go off in turn three. I'd be like, all right, Bale's going to go in four, and then you go first and either move away from those fighters or mm-hmm. do whatever, destroy them. Yep. You do whatever you want. You're going first, and you just move away. I think it's going to be really big, man. And, and the cool thing about Bale, too, is unlike Price, because Price, okay, going last is, generally speaking, always going to be useful, generally. But the other thing is is for Bale is, once again, this is getting back to the point where, once again, you, you don't have to try to bid to go first. Yep. Um, there, there are always going to be lists, like the token fucking list where you want to bid to go second. But that's generally not the case. With Bale, it allows you to go, oh, I'll just go straight to 400, and I will just plan on going second and using Bale to circumvent that for the one turn. Yeah. And the good thing about him, too, is if you do get first, well, he's giving you a free couple extra tokens. In the turn you want, too. Yeah. So, like, yeah. to make him for turn four and five, when you, if you, especially if you plan on banging early. 
Or even not, turn probably five. That way you burn through tokens and turn five, you're getting two free tokens back yep. to ready regen shields or navigate or do something else. It's I think he's really good, man. I think he's he'll be huge. I think in a in an Akbar token fucking list, he'd be really good. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. He'd be really good. Defiance never wants to go first, but that one turn when it's facing down yeah. BG Avenger, yeah, it does want to go first. Yeah. And then Price has no like if if this doesn't work, you get tokens or anything. Correct. There's no makeup. Yep. With price, it's just no. It's just that's it. Yeah. Now with price, once again, price seems to have the best bang for her buck for a squadron pushing quasar. In that case, yeah, you you miss out on doing the last first routine if you're up against Bale, but getting to go last. With a, a alpha strike for the, the fighters, Six fighters, it's still nasty. It still hurts. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But it, it will put a hamper on a uh, price on a BT Avenger type list. Yeah. Especially if they're, if it's out there and it can't go to the last and you start hitting it. Yep. Before it can go and you end up smoking that thing before it ever even goes, that's another trap that they can fall into. So yep. I think price is way more unforgiving than Bale is. Yes. Way more unforgiving. But I think I think I really think that price fighter carrier thing is going to be a huge thing. Yep. And people being rebels and just not giving a shit and bidding four hundred, three ninety nine, whatever, and just having bail to protect your big ship. So, anything, anything else we want to talk about this? Morning? I did want to talk about uh, a veteran gunners. So, all right, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the, the, the random tease there. Yeah. So. I had been bidding at the last regional. I, I went with uh, a, a ISD two Avenger, a couple Raiders, three Gonzadis, and I bid high to go first. So in our realm of shit, I'm not going to bid a freaking Raider to go first. What do you do with a Avenger that you know ideally would want to go first? And the answer to that is the Raider two with veteran gunners, disposable capacitors, and overload pulse. So. What veteran gunners do is they they allow you to re-roll all your dice. It has to be all of them. Mm -hmm. Well, besides the accuracies. Correct. Well, you can spend the accuracies correct. before yeah. you re-roll everything else. Yeah. But basically, it's it, 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 if you've got an accuracy, you can use it. Everything else has to be rolled if you choose to use veteran gunners. Yeah. And generally speaking, that sucks. The exception to that is if you've got a Raider 2 and you're fishing for criticals. And in that case, it works phenomenally well. So if you get a accuracy, great. We'll do that. We'll reroll all the other ones. Or if you're planning on going up and using your disposable capacitors to hit, you know, with a either high uh, uh, or a heavy ion emplacements or overload pulse at long range against a evade ship. So in that case, you need to have either accuracies to lock down those evades, or just multiple crits. And so you roll, you get a single crit, and that's not good enough. Veteran Gunners, you re-roll, you get a decent shot of perhaps on the next re-roll getting a couple crits. So it's a found a niche to go with the Raider 2, which once again, prior to this wave, you didn't see Raider 2s anywhere. But thanks to disposable uh, capacitors to go along with uh, from previous waves and the new ion cannons, Veteran Gunners makes a lot of sense on that Raider because you're fishing for crits, and you want enough crits so that you can get either the overload pulse off yeah. or the heavy ion placements to go off at long range. And it works really well in that setup. All right, you did it. You sold me. 
I, I think veteran gunners has a use now. <laughs> one that use. Makes a, that makes a ton one of use. sense. Ordnance experts for blue dice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That Not as good. <laughs> More expensive. It makes a ton of sense. You have to do all. You don't get to pick. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. The only thing you get to keep is the accuracies because that happens before. Yep. In mean, the order of operations, you get to use your accuracies before that. So, all right, I'm sold. I'll uh, I'll run an entire fleet of those. You got any probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> probably off. No, I think we covered most of that. And anything we feel like talking about, anyway. I mean, there's obviously other things that came with the wave. But. Yeah, yeah, and shit we haven't seen yet because you know we're just in Michigan, uh, all over the planet, like fucking the game is. You know? <laughs> right. We're not talking to the dudes in Australia about this. It's just what we've seen. You sure? Because in our area, if we just do something, we could put our name to it. And then oh, apparently oh, nobody oh, else yeah. has run it anywhere else. Like, True. Have you guys heard of the Bill Molisher? <laughs> <laughs> it's a demolisher build. It's demo, <laughs> engine techs, ordnance experts, intel officer, APT. I came up with that myself. Yeah. It's called the Bill Molisher. It's a good It's a good uh, archetype to use when you play Bry Armada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know, actually, Armada is actually just called Brian's Spaceship Fun Times? Yep. <laughs> I like to put my name on things. <laughs> yeah. I like to put my name on things, on lists, that, on, on archetypes of, a, of a, a ship that... I'm the only one that's ever come up with that, and the only one that's ever used it in the entire world. So Bill Molisher, you're all welcome. You guys go, feel free to use it. Just, you know, give me some props when you guys use the Bill Molisher. It's got a little TM. Yeah, TM, Bill Molisher. Or when you do it, a uh, match bar slash. <laughs> Matt's the only one that came up with that. Yeah. Nobody thought of that before Matt. Yep. <laughs> or the IS Dane. <laughs> An ISD that has uh, gunnery team. It's an ISD two with gunnery team, <laughs> intel officer, leading shots, and XI seven. That's the ISD. Feel free to use to, that too. To activation pad. Don't forget to put a lot of uh, tris ports. <laughs> yeah, when you do the tris ports, the tris port gazanis. Uh, we're the only ones that came up with that before. Right. Nobody's ever thought of these archetypes. Not a single person. So. <laughs> Since we came up with them first, please feel free. <laughs> We're allowing you guys to use these. <laughs> so, all right, that's enough. I think we shit on Canada enough there. <laughs> or Toronto in general. <laughs> all right, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, that was episode three. Matt, tell them where they can reach us. So you can find us on Facebook as the uh, Outer Rim Job Podcast. Or you can send us an email if you'd like us to review any lists or if you have an archetype you're struggling with or a certain build. Uh, we can dive into that for you and give it a look. And uh, that's at orgpodcast at gmail.com. Or J. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to ORG Podcast, we can't guarantee you yeah. what kind of spots you're going to get. It's <laughs> actually my ORG Podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> we talk about a lot of the same things, like fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It might actually be really similar. You might not notice the difference. Jobs and stuff. You know, just take all the Armada stuff out. <laughs> same, same fucking podcast. Multitasking. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we appreciate and we'll see you next time. Discrimination. It ain't right. I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. I'm not gay, but if I were, I would marry who I like. It's not fair. I'm not gay. That the government has to say. And who can love who not gay or to which God you can pray on a gay. 
It gets me so angry on behalf of them. I feel passionate, not gay. So I pray for them and I say for them, we need to make a change, not gay. I see it clear as day. This area is not great titties. We need equality and for all to see that this is the new way. And not gay, it just seems not gay. Wrong, not gay. That no one seems to care. Sports, we can't continue to pretend. This not gay. Madness has to end, not gay. I was thinking about the world, hot wings How is it that I can't have so much straight sex While two dudes are oppressed, not gay For having sex, not gay Or putting on a wedding dress, I assume I don't really know that much about it Beef jerky tastes good Politics are important And if girls wanna have sex with me Cause I said this, so be it, and gay I'm not a hero, I'm just speaking the truth I'm not a hero, don't call me a hero Beer, hoagie, sweatpants, not gay Yeah, not a hero, titties, not gay Trump's all predator, flying kicks, not gay, big watch, not gay, missionary, one love, gym socks, none, chuck a not gay, light a fluid HD, ninja world, peace, four wheel drive, gay, marriage, love, beef, free love, golf club, two guys, not gay, rainbow, muff dive, Harvey Milk, Sean Penn, not gay, drum solo, court side, seat, safe sex, one arm, push ups, Leonard, Skinner, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, I'm not, 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 not gay, I'm not gay.